0: The following is a presentation of the Sovereign Tech podcast feed. And now for another fast-breaking news story, we go to our roving reporter, The Podcast Sovereign Tech. Its host, Dr. Brian Sovereign. The tech giants tried to stop Sovereign Tech. They can't. Woo, the Golden State, the Man of Tomorrow, Sobzu, the Rated R Radio star, Dr. Brian Sovereign is here for another little bit of Sovereign Tech and... Uh, working off of a new mic setup right now. <laughs> not like new as in uh, recently purchased, uh but new as in my my trusty blue yeti x uh which I big fan of. But I'm not exactly sure what was going on with it. Um but it was creating or I had an issue where the uh levels of volume were going up and down. Like it sounded like I was turning away from the microphone, which I don't do. Uh you know, if I do do it, it's on purpose. <laughs> you know, for it's for effect, um, and I've certainly done that in the past. Or if I'm talking to someone else who's, you know, say in the room, like if Mrs. Sovereign is in the room. But regardless, it was creating that that issue and. Uh, a couple episodes, a couple of uh, uh, recent episodes uh, had that problem where the, the sound levels were just going up and down, up and down. I tried changing wires, uh, switching computers, you know, whatever I could do to make that happen. And it just it just kept creeping up. So um, I have switched back to my uh, what I call my field kit. And my field kit is the Mighty H6. Um, the H6 from Zoom, and I don't mean like the streaming com- or, the, you know, the, the, the video conferencing company, I mean the microphone company, uh, the, the, the H6 is really a studio, like in, in an, incredi- an entire studio in an incredibly small package. Um, it ha you know, just, you can look up about it. Um, there might even be the H six n now they might've come out with an improved version because I also have an H one N, um, that I could have switched to, uh, that does a very good job. But the H the H six that I have, I mean, I like a listener, uh, got this for me years ago. It was an incredibly gracious, uh, donation and gift, um, which by the way, if you want to donate to the show, I uh, really appreciate it right now. And you can find all the links to do that. Uh, no PayPal. Like I said, I've been banned from PayPal, uh, but Cash App, Bitcoin, um, Venmo, you know, take your pick on that. Or if there's a crypto you want to donate with specifically, you don't know, just message me uh, via Telegram at Sovereign. Uh, or, of course, you can get in touch with me via email questions at SovereignTech.com. Uh, and, you know, uh, we, we can work something out if you want to use a different crypto. But anyway, this was a tremendous gift. I mean, and it came with uh, like a shotgun mic, um, all different types of like car- a cardioid mic, the the well-known for Zoom anyway. They're like their uh, opposing faced uh, stereo mic, which is what I actually have plugged into it right now. But it does have XLR ports on it to where you could hook up four microphones. Um, To it. And, you know, I mean, it's just it's got it all and all of the 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 settings that you can you know, you can mess with on on the little LCD screen. Again, really, it's a studio in a very tiny package. I mean, this is the kind of equipment that gets used by, you know, major media outlets. I mean, from like CNN to take your pick uh, when they're out on the field. And so that's why I always call it my field kit. I mean, I even keep it in like a waterproof case, you know, that looks like something you, you'd you keep a high-end weaponry in. <laughs> but instead, my weapon is the microphone uh, proudly. But I love this thing, and I, I try to use it sparingly. Um, you know, because it is such high end equipment, but you know, it can take a beating. It's not like it can't handle day to day use even over years and years and years. Um, but I've went back to that. So if the audio sounds a little different, maybe it'll even sound a little better. But if the audio sounds a little different, that's why uh, is that I am using a different mic setup at this time. And I have it set up on a mic arm and, and everything. Uh, in fact, I had to get a little adapter um, that allows it to, you know, use the tripod screw-in uh, on the bottom of it, which is actually really handy because then I could do the same thing with the H1N if I wanted. Uh, I mean, you know, I got to tell you, there are days <laughs> where I, I think about, um, you know, kind, kind of leaving the the the, the stable, uh, living in a home life behind. <laughs> and, uh, I, I mean, Ellen and I, we you know, we talk about that a lot. And, uh, and and I think, well, you know, I mean, I could certainly run off of the H6 or I could even run off of the little H1N. The sound is so good that comes out of that. It, it's, it's very much the H6 in a smaller package might not have the same uh, quality or, you know, might not have all of the same features and ability to, you know, adjust EQ and all these different things. But man, I, I mean, these are just great products. I really think any every podcaster should have um, a portable Zoom setup of, you know, not again, not the video service or not the conferencing service, but a portable, you know, some kind of portable mic setup that's that's fairly high end. I mean, you can, you know, the H6 costs hundreds of dollars, but like the H1N you can get for around 100, maybe a little less. And I think that's a totally worthwhile investment for any podcaster. Uh, and, and, you know, when your main mic goes, well, you need a backup. Well, there it is. Right. And y- that way you can keep going because I, I've spent the past two weeks really trying to figure this out. Um, and it's limited what I've wanted to record. Cause I'm like, uh, you know, I want, I want to get this solved, uh, and have the best option available in studio here. Um, but regardless, so we've got this set up and, you know, in the past couple weeks. Some things have come to light uh, that I want to talk about here. So enough talking about, you know, new mic setups and everything. Um, there is a little piece of software. It's actually a repository uh, for apps that I have been a champion of and a fan of for the boy. It's got to be going on. It, it, it's got to be going on 11 years as far as how long it's been around. And in many ways for me, it's been the only thing that's made Android palatable in any way. Uh, that's how key, that's how important this is in that, you know, the thing that, that will, and it's not like, Oh, well, otherwise I'd be on iOS. No, otherwise I I wouldn't, you know, touch uh, anything other than maybe like a pine phone or some other Linux phone. Um, you know, I wouldn't touch any smartphone, uh, essentially if this didn't exist. And I certainly wouldn't even touch like Android tablets of any kind, like a, like a Kindle fire, uh, you know, which are really the only, you know, Android tablets taken seriously outside of China. And that app slash app repository is F droid. Now you can find this at F droid.org. Um, again, it's been around forever. It's only been getting better. Um, it has a, you know, it's an alternative to the Google play store. Um, it's had a lot of tricks up its sleeve over the years that even best the Google play store or that the Google play store years later would eventually, uh, copy, you know, and realize, wow, what a great idea. For example, um, you know, with, with F droid, you can download apps. And if you still have the APK file, which is the install file for the app. If you still have the APK file on your device and say someone nearby locally wanted to download the app as well, they could actually download from locally from your, your device that has the APK say, in case they didn't have an internet connection or even just to, you know, save uh, the data connection. Right. Um, I mean lots, now the Google play store has gotten to the point of doing that. Actually, most companies have gotten to the point of doing that. Why? Because they can't handle the fucking server loads. It's hilarious how we spent years where Google, Apple, Microsoft, all the tech giants were trying to push everybody into online, online, always on, always connected, blah, blah, blah. No offline functionality, you know, when it comes to things with smartphones and maybe even with computers. Uh, And now, you know, actually for a few years now, we've been backpedaling that, right? Or the tech giants have been backpedaling that. I even opened up. Um, on my, my daily driver phone here, the, the Moto G power, which, you know, is more stock, right? I did, I haven't done anything with it. Um, you know, as far as putting lineage OS or anything else on it, partly due to, uh, that I, I have the advanced protection program on it, um, which is a good idea for any journalist to do. And, uh, like I, I went into the Google play store and it said like right at the top, it said offline games available. I mean, they really promoted that these games and it was like Castlevania Symphony of the Night or whatever, which I mean, hey, you know, if you're going to if you're going to have a game on your phone, it might as well be one of the greatest of all time. Um, But I couldn't believe that they were promoting that. They were really promoting the offline uh, functionality of these games. And it's also funny, too, because my game company is actually called Zomi Offline Games, which is also about to celebrate. uh, Well, it will will soon celebrate about 10 years of existence and you know, I mean, I was ahead of this whole, like, no, no, we want games that are offline. Don't, you know, no DRM, none of that horseshit. Uh, not, not to say that the offline games Google was promoting were, you know, offered offline or, or offered no DRM. Um, but you know, the idea of like, okay, no, it's a good thing to have games that function offline, don't have any internet connectivity, never talk to a server, uh, just ahead of the curve of that, I guess. But I bring this up to say that, well, you know, you have, Most companies now are realizing, holy shit, we can't handle the server load. But, you know, if somebody could just pull a Windows update from another Windows machine that's likely on the same network, wow, that would that save us uh, a whole ton of bandwidth and at the end of the day, a whole ton of money. Of course, it's not really saving you money, the consumer. It's saving, uh, you know, the, the whatever corporation. Anyway, that's a functionality that, in many ways, I think Fdroid pioneered. Um, Fdroid is ultimately a pioneering app, uh, or at least it has been. Um, and I have been—I mean, I've written, you know, the the security guides for Android. Okay, like I like the guide I wrote. Okay, and it's something that I need to update. And the sad part is, um, and what makes it hard to update that book is. Like the way that, that just the, the landscape changes, even just for Android, uh, I mean, it changes seemingly by the minute, maybe even shorter than that. And one of my top recommendations in that book is to use F-Droid as your main uh, mainstay to get apps from, right? Because you never know when something's going to get banned from the Google Play Store or when something is, you know, whatever is going to happen. And the Google Play Store is so large, it really, you know, it's a hotbed for a lot of apps. It's a hotbed for malware and other things. Now Google, you know, takes its steps to try and mitigate that. Um, but a lot of times you get, you know, dolphins caught in with the tuna. And also I, well, I mean, can you trust what Google, you know, puts in their own play store? No, it's all spying on you. It's like, well, I'm glad they're handling malware from other parties, but really everything Google puts out there is effectively malware, certainly malware towards your privacy. Uh, So, you know, the, the F droid store has been, I mean, just essential. If you're somebody that cares about privacy and dare I say, you know, security, which privacy and security are two separate things, but when they work in concert, um, the sound is unmatched. Now, while many apps that are available in the F droid uh, app repository app store, are also available in the Google play store. There are many that are not just like vice versa. And of course I'd say that that's a good thing, right? Like you're not going to install the official Instagram app from F droid. Uh, likewise, there are things you will not install that are available on F droid uh, that, that are not in the Google play store. For example, my favorite mobile web browser, again, mobile web browser, uh, desktop is a different story, but my favorite mobile web browser is what's called Fennec. F E N N E C. And this is a modified stripped version of Firefox for Android. And the only way that you can get it other than maybe downloading the, the APK uh, separately, you know, from, from like a website, the only way you can get it is through the F Droid store. It's not through Google play. And this is true for many apps. Many people see, I mean, they, they look at F Droid in two lights. Okay. One, is the ethical light of, okay, so what's on F droid is generally, I mean, this is like power user stuff most of the time, but it's generally like there, there are specific criteria for what allows you to be included on F droid. Um, you know, it has to be open source. Um, you've got it. You have all the proper, you know, GPL licensing, all of that. So some people see that as that's why F droid is a good thing because you can count more on the security uh, of these apps compared to what gets schlepped onto the Google Play Store, okay, or from the Google Play Store. Because certainly are Facebook apps secure? By no means. <laughs> it's easy to argue that they're all rootkits or Trojan horses. It's easy to argue that the entire Google Play Store is a rootkit, right? So the other light that After I get seen is is seen in is that it's a safe haven for apps that for whatever reason, And not because they're malicious, uh, you know, from a from a uh, data standpoint. OK. That, you know, apps that could be seen as malicious, you know, by, say, you know, even uh, Apple or Google. um, I mean, you know, there was the issue where what was it like element was not available, which is, you know, the the front end app for uh, for the Matrix protocol or for, you know, for Matrix um, chat app. Slash social media uh, like that wasn't available for a little while in the Google Play Store, but it was available on F-Droid. And in fact, when it got banned uh, or when it got got removed, we, we shouldn't necessarily say banned here, but we're going to talk about apps getting banned. That's the whole point of this episode. Um, when when it got removed, you know, suddenly the, the guys at element.io, they said, oh, well, shit. <laughs> let's make sure our F droid, uh, uh, app is, is up to date. And they started taking that very seriously. So it's also seen as a safe haven from the tech giants, uh, who, you know, can for whatever reason, you know, at any whim, uh, remove your app now throughout 2020 and early parts and really going into it, uh, even going further into it to now. Uh, and I don't see the trend changing. Um, But throughout 2020 and certainly the early parts of 2021, the concern around censorship of apps because of perhaps their use to uh, engage in what get perceived as revolutionary acts, say, like on June 6th. uh, I don't think there's anything revolutionary about that at all. Give me a fucking break. (laughs) It's a goddamn joke. Uh, But uh, a bad one. Somebody died. You know, people died, but still just outrageous. But again, you know, app censorship claimed around that or, you know, it could be around uh, uh, COVID concerns, matters, conversations, you know, why things get banned. Um, of course, earlier in the year, we did an episode about this, uh, you know, how Telegram uh, was rightfully so sweating, right? That they were going to get banned by Apple. They've had issues with Apple in the past already Um I mean, and there's even the issue of, OK, yeah, Telegram's still in the Apple App Store or in the iOS App Store and still available in the Google Play Store. But both of those the versions you get in both of those app stores um, are subject to censorship in that certain channels that you can access or groups that you can access uh, via Telegram will be, uh, you know, will will essentially disappear or you won't be able to see what's in them if you downloaded the version of Telegram from either of those app stores. Now, if you download Telegram FOSS, which is available in the F-Droid store, uh, that's not an issue. Or you can download officially from Telegram, um, like from their own website, you can download a version of of Telegram for Android that is completely independent. And actually has its own independent uh, update cycle and gets features before the quote unquote official versions in. I mean, because this is still an official version anyway, uh, but official versions that are in the Google Play Store or in the iOS app store. Okay, which is a great move on Telegram's part to be proactive and say, hey, we could get banned at any moment. Once you come and download the app from our website, it's the official app and we're going to incentivize it by giving you features that either a are not possible in either of the two major app stores, or, uh, you know, you'll get them quicker because of course, you know, Apple's review via the iOS store, uh, app store is just, you know, like insane. Uh, I mean, yeah, I want things to be secure. Sure. Um, but at the same time, it seems pretty clear that they're they're holding back or their extensive review on Telegram's part has more to do with concerns around or has more to do with censorship than it does with concerns around, uh, uh, you know, any kind of malicious code. So, again, pointing at the importance of F-Droid, why I have been talking about installing and using F-Droid for the entirety of Sovereign Tech's run. um. Also, why actually, I, I mean, something else I was, I've been a champion of for as many years is we got to get to the point where, you know, people can install or, you know, even initially, like the best way that they want to get their software on, say, their Android smartphone is by going to the developer's website, not to an app store at all, just going straight to their website and downloading it from there. And this is something that increasingly I've seen more apps uh, and their developers uh, allow for. Um, one of my favorite cryptocurrency wallets, that being the edge wallet has allowed for this for some time. Um, Telegram, like I said, has al- allows for this. Uh, another one of my favorite messaging apps, Threema, uh, which I actually gave the title of the ultimate messaging app uh, allows for that, you know, for you to download, even pay for it completely independently of any app store. Um, And actually, I mean, even beyond that, like Threema is one thing, you know, but the the app that I really love, okay, is Briar, uh, the Briar app. Now that that is the right direction, you know, that mobile devices should be going in where you can communicate uh, without even sending data to the telcos, right, where it can completely use all the radios that. Uh, you know, that your, your smartphone, I mean, it's only available on Android, but that your smartphone is, is, is capable of, you know, like Bluetooth, wifi direct, uh, and so on. And you could communicate without, you know, Verizon, right. Without T-Mobile, which don't use T-Mobile, right. I mean, did anyone else catch that leak? Am I the only one anyway? Uh, no, of course I'm not, but Briar is as good as it gets. Now you can download that directly from their website. You can get it in the after eight app store as well. It's also in Google play. Um, and I mean, you know, part of the, the the challenge, though, is getting these apps to update more on their own. Now, I mean, like what the edge wallet does when you download that and there's other cryptocurrency wallets like you could go with Mycelium; They allow for independent downloads. Uh, and if you're really into signal, signal allows for um, a independent version to get downloaded from their website and so on. Um, like the edge wallet will tell you there's a new version of edge wallet. Please download it. Right. And so. You, that With that little message coming up, it won't auto-update, but it's something that it will let you know to go to their website and download the latest version, right? Telegram has it built in, has an updater built in, and it, it tells you when it's going to update and so on. And that's the right direction to go. That takes a lot of work. Um, there's other challenges around this independent install, uh, especially if you don't have Google's version of Android on your smartphone because the notification services as in how you get notified that you have a message, operates through Google's servers, their notification servers. And when you're not using a Google version of an app, you can run into that if you also are not using Google's Android. Um, that is a challenge that companies are working on and setting up their own notification servers and whatnot. Uh, for, you know, for wallets, that's not necessarily an issue, right? Because you're usually being very active when you're engaging with a, with a cryptocurrency wallet. Uh, but for messaging apps, that can kind of be a concern. Briar sort of gets around that partly because, I mean, the thing is, when it's active, it's just always active. Uh, and that's that's one of the challenges around that app is the, the battery drain. But something that I think uh, can be worthwhile, uh, if you you know feel the need to use um, you know the the Briar app, um, and they've been working on the on the battery drain aspect of things uh, for for some time. But regardless, going in the direction, getting people used to training people, <laughs> for lack of a better phrase, to or at least incentivizing people to go to a developer website to download an app without an app store, you know, without even bothering with an app repository is a fine and dandy, wonderful thing in the direction that we need to go. Why? And is that crazy? By no means. It's what we've done with computers forever up until recently when computers started to shift more towards the app repository model that, uh, you know, smartphones um, have had for, you know, well, ever since really iOS, right? you know, came onto the scene in what? Oh, seven. Anyway, until that time. And again, I think that time is coming and growing uh, until that time, you know, F droid has been my recommendation, uh, you know, as far as how to get apps. Um, and this is true for, you know, your Google Android, uh, smartphone, your lineage OS version, you know, a uh, uh, fork of Android, um, whatever, you know, essentially Android based device you're using, whatever flavor that happens to be after is the place to go. Even with a Kindle fire. Um, I did a, this year um, I did, was it this year? If it wasn't this year is late in 2020. Um, but I did a full breakdown and review of the Kindle fire eight HD plus, which I think is a fine tablet, but it's only a fine tablet because you can put after on it. And I mean, and it's also easy to put the Google play store on there, admittedly, but And the Amazon app store is already there, but we already know the challenges around that. Um, But you can put F-Droid on it and, you know, install all kinds of wonderful things. And it becomes, you know, a fantastic uh, tablet. However, information uh, has has crossed my bow that makes me question whether or not we should still be using F-Droid. Um, and whether I will continue to recommend f going into uh, the future. And I'm not exactly sure how I didn't hear about this sooner. Um, I was alerted to it in the Sovereign Tech Telegram group, uh, which thank you listeners, you know, for, for always keeping me abreast uh, of, you know, a, a lot of the latest news going on. And the, the funny thing was, so that's how I found out about it. I think how it came to more people's attention recently was that there was an official policy change request uh, done on August 28th, 2021. But it was a policy change request referencing a policy change on F-Droid's part by the F-Droid team, which is a group of volunteers, let's be fair to them. There's you know there's not like a ton of money involved here. You can donate you know via the FDroid app or whatever with PayPal or you know crypto or whatever, and that's great. Um, but it is a group of volunteers. But they had decided in 2019 to uh, to engage in a uh, well, they did a policy change, and this was I mean I mean almost two years ago. It was in July of 2019 that they decided to do it, and what they had decided. Now, it's important to keep this in mind about twenty nineteen a because I feel like a little bit of a goof that I did not hear about this, that I did not see this happen. And but I am I also find it strange that it wasn't more uh, cried about because in twenty nineteen I was still I still had some presence on social media and with my social media listening like I feel like this should have come up. Um, or someone should have reported on it. Like, I don't know that Android police did or, you know, any, any of these others, um, because this is kind of a big deal. But it's important to, to keep in mind that this happened in 2019 because this was pre-COVID. And this was also, you know, pre-January 6th, right? Pre that nonsense that happened in, in Washington, D.C. So it's not in response to those two things. Clearly, it's in response to, you know, the orange idiot that was, um, as compared to the silver idiot that's in office right now. Uh, I mean, they're all idiots, but compa- you know, it clearly was in response to the orange idiot that was in office and it was in response to, um, you know, perhaps I guess maybe the election cycle started to ramp up at this point. But what happened is F droid in July of 2019 decided to start banning apps, not for reasons of, you know, malicious code or anything like that, or that they broke the inclusion, uh, the necessary inclusion uh, rules, you know, to be on F droid in itself, which those did not change, but they did it for it by their own, in their own words, they did it for political reasons. And the app in particular that was getting banned was gab, which gab is a, Well, I suppose it would call itself a a free speech social network. Right. Um, And kind of a federated one at that. I mean, which, hey, okay, like that's that's going in somewhat of a right direction. Um, I do not use Gab. I don't care ultimately about Gab. Uh, It doesn't mean a damn uh, to me. I am sure and, you know, maybe more so than some others, but like every single social media or messaging or, you know, communication software, um, that there are incredibly shitty, despicable, horrible people doing horrible things on there, just like there are on Facebook, just like there are on Twitter, just like there are on Instagram, just like there are on take your pick. Okay. They're everywhere. Just like there are on the internet at large. Um, there might be a greater concentration of them there. Okay. maybe, it's known to be really popular with conservatives, which fuck them, you know, <laughs> but fuck liberals too. I don't, I'm not going to play favorites here. There's no favorites. I'll gladly say fuck you to every ideology, you know, take your pick of an ism. So the volunteers um, at f decided, however, that the Gab app, which, you know, I think had been banned, if not at that point, by, you know, other app stores, uh, that was soon to come, but they did ban it. Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll read directly from their, their public post, uh, about the matter. So, uh, let's see two, To recap the situation, a website joined the Fediverse only half a month ago that is well known to be a free speech zone, uh, meaning it claims to tolerate all opinions. While in theory this might seem to be a good concept, it has serious consequences. Things like racism, sexism, verbal abuse, violent nationalist propaganda, discrimination against gender and sexual minorities, anti-Semitism, and a lot more things become popular on such instances. Uh I think the key one there would probably be violent nationalist propaganda. That that's I mean basically a whistle for, you know, anti-Trump, which hey, I'm anti-Trump too, but anyway, moving along. <laughs> Uh, They go on F droid as a project soon celebrates its ninth birthday. So at this time in 2019, it was only nine years old. Uh, In these nine years, F droids mission was and is to create a place where people could download software they can trust, meaning only free Libra and open source software is available on its flagship repository. Now, Stallion, breaking in for a second that there's a key phrase here that we're going to talk about, because are we going to end up saying don't use F droid? Let's find out. But that key phrase is flagship repository as a project. It tried to stay neutral all the time, but sometimes staying neutral isn't an option, but instead will lead to the uprise of previously mentioned oppression and harassment against marginalized groups. We don't want and won't support that. F is taking a political stance here now to break some of this down is is as a project. They wanted to try and stay neutral all the time. Uh, but sometimes staying neutral isn't an option. I don't agree with that statement at all. OK, <laughs> I just I just don't. And in fact, I think Telegram's popularity comes from Pavel Duroff's almost public stance of remain neutral at all times. OK, um, I mean, frankly, th- this is kind of madness to say that even in a political sense, um, because that's really what they're talking about here is not being Uh, neutral politically. Uh, I mean, how many through how many world disasters have the existence of politically neutral territories saved the day? Right. Like, ironically, you know, in fact, they even they brought up anti-Semitism. How many more Jews would be dead if Switzerland wasn't neutral during World War II? And I say this as a Jew myself, right? How many how many would have been offed if it wasn't for that? What, you think, oh, well, yeah, but no, 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 the right stance was the United States politically, right? Because they came in and saved the Jews and, you know, they they, they were going, you know, they they would protect it and they were the, you know, kind of the opposing ideology. Au contraire, uh, this is something that came to light uh, probably about a decade ago now that uh, FDR, right? You know, the the, the great, the great savior, Uh, yeah, right. Uh, just another idiot. But FDR was going to give the Jews a territory to live in, but he was going to give them like there, I think there are a couple options. He was thinking either Arizona or Oregon, you know, and, and the idea was, you know, to give them like the shittiest to their mind, the shittiest territories that they could, uh, within the United States. He was just going to, like, toss them all into their own country. And, I mean, when you read the letters of FDR, what he said about the Jews, like, no, this guy wasn't pro-Jew whatsoever. You know, the only thing that was really pro-Jewish, ironically, was the country that had a completely neutral stance in, you know, in the in the whole disaster, that being World War II. So, just politically, I call bullshit on F-Droid's thinking. Because really the only way to protect the marginalized is to remain neutral. OK, is to create that space where it's, you know, <laughs> where, where there is there aren't political stances because you never know when a political stance, much like the one after it's taking, can end up getting used against whatever group. Right. You never hand somebody a gun unless you know where they're going to point it. Of course, I would argue never hand anybody a gun. But if you're going to don't do so unless you know where they're going to point it. Right. And that's essentially every political stance is effectively a gun. And in this case, Gab got shut down. And my concern, and I think the concern of many is that, well, if Gab can get shut down for, you know, what could be seen as arbitrary reasons or uh, you, you could, <laughs> well, how, I'm probably going to mix languages here is, but raison, uh, uh, can, can I say it this way? Does this make sense? All right. Uh, raison de jour, right? The reason of the day, whatever that happens to be trending on Twitter is what you're going to react to. And that's increasingly what people are, how people are operating. You know, there's no like actual long-term action of any kind. It's always, okay, what's happening today? Let's address it. And don't worry, because tomorrow it'll be forgotten. Again, fuck Gab. I don't give a shit about Gab. Okay, what I do care about is that you have a app repository, you have a, dare I say, what was a safe space, if I want to use the probably terms they'd like, a safe space, a haven, a safe haven for apps that do come under pressure from, you know, political agendas and other agendas, and that can help, and I'm not saying gab is this necessarily, but again, I worry, you know, what does it take you know, I, in fact, I'm amazed Telegram hasn't Telegram FOSS, which is one of the most popular apps um, in the f repository. I'm amazed that that hasn't been shut down yet. Uh, really, you know, if the concern is, well, hate is getting spread through this. You should shut down Fennec, right? Shut down all the web browsers available in the f store, because for fuck's sake, you have access to any website on the Internet. And there's a lot of hate out there. And there is. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. It absolutely exists. There's hate and all the horrible things that 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 asteroid is talking about is absolutely out there. But if you're going to try and stop that and stop those grounds from getting accessed or spread, you're going to have to. Frankly, you're going to have to shut down the fucking internet. Now, like I said, asteroid could actually do that because asteroid can function in many ways without the internet, right? Because you could just share APKs locally, like we were talking about earlier. So, I mean, they could go that far if they wanted. So they can't say to me, well, Stanley, that's ridiculous. Oh no, 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 you no, no, no. To your credit, you set it up so actually you could kind of function that way, right? The only thing that's nonsense here is your political stance itself. You know, the idea that Gab could be used for this everything can be used <laughs> and is being used to spread uh, you know, the worst parts of human nature. No one's I'm not here saying that, that that shit's not going on and that it doesn't exist. It absolutely does, and it's probably far worse than anybody could imagine. Okay, and I'm not saying on Gab, I'm saying in the world in general. Oh, but Brian, oh there's Nazis out there. Yes, there are. And I think they're in the US government, including right now. Are you calling Biden a Nazi? Yeah, actually, I am. <laughs> I mean, I, we don't need to get into that historical diatribe, but I think Nazis have been running the U S government for decades now. Bottom line, this is a nasty bit of business, uh, on F droids part. This is absolutely not the direction to take things. Um, what do I think was their thinking here? Do I think that they actually gave a shit about marginalized groups? Yeah, I can imagine some of them would, um, a bigger part of me feels like, and, and and this clearly backfired because I should have heard about this in 2019. It should not have taken somebody recently requesting a policy change for me to notice. Um, I think that this was this was attention grabbing. This was okay. How can we get more people using After droid Just like when Firefox in 2020 was taking a, and this is the reason that I. You know, Firefox is no longer my top recommended browser on mobile or on desktop uh, because they took a preposterous political stance. When Firefox's whole you know like the reason people loved it so much is the same reason that they love Afterite, is that you know it's open source, it's neutral, you know it, it's not dealing with uh, company politics or whatever. But then it did become pol- not just company politics, but politics in general. And I think that was totally a part uh, on, on Firefox's part or Mozilla's part, I should say um, that that was absolutely an attention grabber and a way to increase install base. That's all that that was about. And there's a part of me they can't, can't help but think, you know, is that the same thing that happened here in 2019? I mean, maybe could they have been feeling some kind of a uh, uh, squeeze from, uh, you know, large donors to the project? I don't know, you know, uh, but, this is just this is ridiculous uh, that this that this occurred, and once you open that doorway to political stances, I mean it's very tough to close it, you know, and it's very tough for I mean me. In fact, I just noticed this. So there's a there's a text editor that I use a lot um, called uh, T Editor, and I don't know what what changed. But the other day, so I I had it installed um, on my Fire tablet specifically. And when I opened it up, it said this app will no longer receive updates through F-Droid. I mean, and this just happened in the past week. Again, what happened with Gab happened two years ago. Okay, Uh, I don't know what exactly is going on out on here. Um, I reached out to the developer to try and find out. I haven't gotten a response yet. I was hoping to. But this just happened just before, you know, I, I went to record this. And it said, if you want to you know, download this app, you can do one of three things like you're not going to get it. You're not going to get updates through after right anymore. You can either download it on the Google Play Store. You don't want to do that. You can download it on the Amazon App Store. I found that to be interesting. Not a surprise, because I think a lot of developers are getting ready for when Windows 11 has um, Android apps built into it. Of course, we know that's not happening at launch for Windows 11 and fuck Microsoft, but Uh, and then the third way. So, but I mean, you know, using the Amazon app store on a fire tablet makes sense, right? I mean, it's there, (laughs) you know, you're not really going to get rid of it unless you completely wipe the device, um, you know, and put something else on it, you know, some other uh, ROM on it, or you could go to the developer's website, which fucking right on, there you go. Get people used to just downloading directly from your website. Nice. I thought that was good, but what was behind that decision? Did that, did, that developer also find out because of this, you know, request for a policy update that happened in, at the end of August of 2021. Did he suddenly hear about that and say, well, fuck this. I mean, it's weird too, because like T editor was one of the recommended apps on kind of like the what's new um, or, or, you know, what's hot and new and whatever on the the front, the, what you, I guess you could call the front page, the store page or whatever of, of F um, So that's shocking to me that, that, The the developer made made that call. But maybe he had an ethical stance similar to the one that I'm saying, is that, you know, no, no, no. You can make decisions based upon security, you know, and privacy. But as far as code goes, as far as data goes. But we don't need you know, we we need dumb software. We don't need software that's making calls based upon, you know, purely political stances. Because again, that's an arbitrary metric, security and privacy, baking that into your app, into your software, that in and of itself stands against oppression, right? Because it keeps you from getting censored and it doesn't matter who we're talking about. And again, it's all up to the group of the day who gets censored today, right? Now let's be fair as again, F droid is operated by a group of volunteers. OK, a private group. Do they so, I mean, you know, it's barely even you couldn't even really call it a private company, but if you wanted to. OK, I, I don't even think that it goes that far, but um, do they have the right to choose what can, can can they arbitrarily choose what can and cannot exist on their app, uh, you know, in, in their app repository? Particularly, like we said, we got to be careful with these terms, their flagship app repository. Yeah, sure. Of course, they have that right you know, if we believe in rights, of course they have the right to do that. All right. Or sure. You know, does Twitter, um, you know, are they within their rights as a company to ban whatever account that they want to ban? Sure. But then also when you do that enough times, are you going to keep using Twitter? No, because you're going to, you know, why would you build a business around something that you could get kicked off of out of nowhere? Um, you know, you lose trust in the company as this occurs with F It's the same situation. Um, you know, and, and went again, you say to yourself, well, that's great. Or how about this? Right. So like Patreon, I think this should have been a, a teaching moment, a learning moment for many. Um, even I was incredibly happy when they uh, banned uh, Lauren Southern, you know, from Patreon. Um, why was I happy about that? Because we're talking about a woman who is absolutely responsible and proud of, you know, the death of people who are just trying to flee tyranny, Um, you know, and, 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 I think she was partly responsible for the sinking of boats, you know, that, that, that killed people. She's an absolutely disgusting human being just flat out. And then, you know, what does, what does Patreon do? How far does that go? Then it gets to a point, you know, after a few months where, well, shit, you know, this, this cosplay gal, uh, what's, what was her name? Riddle, I think, or, I mean, that's not her, you know what I mean? That's like her handle. Riddle, you know, she's, Uh, She posts a picture of herself wearing a um, a bathing suit of the Canadian flag because she's Canadian. She's proud of that, in fact. And she pours maple syrup, you know, all over her boobs. She gets banned from Patreon for adult content or offensive content, whatever. If they were offended with the flag with maple syrup on the Canadian flag. I don't know. I kind of just think that makes sense. There's a fucking maple leaf on the damn thing. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Right. And so while at first you can say, oh, well, good thing, you know, they got fucking, you know, the, the, the the hate monger, you know, Lauren Southern off of there. But then, you know, again, once that door opens, then suddenly it goes so far as to, oh, shit. Now they're they're banning people, you know for, you know, I mean, depending upon a person's taste, I'm going to just say, you know, well, it could be conventionally seen as sexy or whatever. Um, I mean, Riddle knows, you know, her crowd, Um, you know, and then, then it goes to that. Right. And then you're like, ah, well, okay. So Patreon, that that's where a company goes too far and you can't build your business on a company that is willing to do that. That doesn't remain neutral. Again, the only safe havens you can have, the only places you can really count on, the only places that will protect, uh, uh, you know, minority uh, uh, groups that would protect minority opinions, whatever, OK, or, or, or marginalized, You know, maybe it's not, let's not even use minority, but marginalized opinions, marginalized, whatever, marginalized taste, marginalized, everything are those spaces that remain completely neutral. So we know now how this goes. And I don't like to like base decisions upon, you know, that, which is only theoretical or hasn't happened, meaning how many other, you know, uh, um, potential apps that could have been helpful Uh, to protesters in varying forms, whatever shape that they may take, whether it's in Hong Kong or go down the list. Uh, You know, how many apps weren't allowed to flourish because because of this kind of policy, because or the concern that, well, there's no place for my you know, there's no no safe haven for my app to be able to thrive and distribute. So this is a very real problem with wide ranging detrimental effects. Now are the, let's talk about a bit about solutions. Okay. Around this. Um, because again, no, this isn't right. What are the solutions here? Now, the first thing that people probably think is that, okay, I could just go and use, there's other app stores for Android. It's one of the, uh, you know, one of the, the real benefits of using Android is it's somewhat more open nature. Uh, when you're talking about Google's Android with lineage OS, it's very open, but that ability to, you know, have different app stores or, you know, the ability to independently even install apps without having to, and really you can do it without jailbreaking, you know, or without rooting the device. Jailbreaking is a, you know, an Apple term. Um, but without rooting the device, as we'd say in Android, uh, or unlocking it, um, you can, you know, you, you can take advantage of these things as long as you, you know, hit the right checkbox or whatever and allow for third-party software. Um, but there, again, there are other other app stores, now you may think that, well, that's the direction to go. Uh, maybe, however, none of the other app stores really solve the issues that I feel like F droid solves. Okay. Which is why I don't really see them as, as viable. You know, I know a lot of people get excited about like the, the freedom phone that was getting developed, which is like the smartphone for conservatives, which. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. <You know>? Uh, <laughs> Uh but you know my my problem with it has been from day 1 is that it looked like it was using the Aurora App Store. Now the Aurora App Store in fact I talked about this when I was on the the uh, Agora podcast the Aurora App Store um you know that just pulls APKs from the Google Play Store it's essentially a front for the Google Play Store. You're not solving censorship you know, if the issue here is censorship with f what they did to Gap, which that is the issue, and it is an issue, uh, the Aurora App Store is not going to solve shit. And the Freedom Phone, frankly, isn't going to solve shit. But that's an entirely separate conversation. Um, so, but the Aurora App Store, sure, that's out there, but that doesn't really solve anything. Um, the Amazon App Store, well, you're still dealing with Amazon and they're going to censor, you know, they will censor. I don't know. I was going to say they'd probably censor faster than Google or Apple, but I, I don't know that that's necessarily the truth. Um I mean, if you have a Galaxy phone, right, a Samsung phone, there is the Samsung Galaxy apps store, which does run independently. I mean, there's that. But then to believe, you know, Samsung's one of the tech giants, right? They're part of the Sinister Six, as I've called them. Uh, You know, are they really going to, you know, stand up against censorship? Likely not. Uh, There's the Yelp store that hasn't been updated in a while. I don't know how confident I feel about that. Um, There's uh, Aptoid. I think that's how you pronounce that. A P T O I D E. Um, that's, you know, could be seen as an option. Um, but a lot of these don't really offer like particularly unique apps like the F droid, uh, app store does. So I, I don't know how much I, you know, would really count on them. Um, there are a lot of app stores that are more regional, right? Where they serve more of an Asian audience or a middle Eastern audience or, you know, whatever, uh, So, I mean, there's app stores all over the place. There's app alternatives that some of which do go beyond the Google Play Store. Um, I mean, you could download apps from APK Mirror, right? The problem with that is APK or, you know, like Google's APK model is switching more towards bundles. And so this independent install especially on a device that is running say lineage OS or something like that, uh, becomes a little more of a challenge. So APK mirror, I think is, is kind of going the it's usefulness is, is starting to wane when it comes to wanting to download, um, like major apps, right? Like if for some reason, you just have to have the Instagram app or whatever. I mean, keep in mind too, a lot of the bigger social media apps, you can just use in a web browser. Right. Or use them as a, you know, as a, a progressive web app, right. As a PWA. I mean, you can do that with Twitter. You can do that with, with Instagram and they work great as progressive web apps. So, you know, to, to some degree, I don't get where a lot of these people are freaking out about, Oh, I can't access this app or whatever, when you can very easily do it in the web browser. And again, it speaks to the point that if F if the, the F droid team wanted to be consistent, they should have been banning, Uh, all web browsers along with Gab, right? Because you can access Gab with a web browser. Um, One that I would bring to mind. So like I said, I mean, you know, the ultimate solution is that we're downloading apps directly from developer websites. Okay. Um, There is, uh, it's not really an app store, but it's called APK updater and APK updater. What that essentially does is it will just cross reference what you have installed on your smartphone and it'll cross-reference it with a list to see if you are using the latest version and it will let you know, and it can help with the install of that. So something like APK updater is, can be a useful service. Okay. I don't know how long it'll be around or actively developed, but that can be a very useful thing. Um, especially if you're going the independent route, but what I think is the real answer here, now, I mean, you could say from an ethical standpoint, I am not going to deal with F-Droid because they are willing to do this. However, there's there's something strange, in my opinion, about how F-Droid went about this. F-Droid did not do a a blanket like... and In fact, here, here's the funny thing that, that almost proves the point of, of why having the neutral model is so important. So F-Droid itself is, it's not, it, there is the F-Droid app repository, but the F-Droid app is in itself separate from the app repository. The F-Droid app is an app that gives you access and gives you functionality around varying app repositories. So if you went into the F-Droid app right now, okay, you would find there'd be in the settings you could find where you could find a listing for repositories and the four there's there's like four or five that you'll find. Some of them are just like archive versions of older, you know, like F-Droid repositories. But you'll see at least two major ones. One is the FDroid app repository, which, believe it or not, you can turn off. And the other is for the Guardian project which, you know, has been made, you know, has, has developed Tor enabled apps for many years, big fan of them. And that's actually not on by default and you can turn it on and then you can get access to the Guardian projects, uh, varying apps. Now there's the rub is that F-Droid not only allows, it also tells you, in fact, I'll link to it in the show notes to show you how to do it. It allows you to create your own app repositories and have the F-Droid app just be the app, uh, you know, allow for the app store functionality for your own repository. So if Gab wanted to, Gab could create its own F-Droid app repository and F-Droid, you know, like they can't block that. Okay. Because you'd have to, you'd have to put in the link for the app repository itself into F-Droid. And then you'd have access to it and you could update it all the time or whatever. I don't know why telegram doesn't do this either. Um, well, anyway, that, that could get into a bigger subject. But my point being, there's no, you don't have to stop using f itself because f itself, well, I mean, A, the app even, not just the repository, but the app itself is open source. So you can just fork f anytime you want and then set up your own app repository within it. And you don't have to access f app repository. Um, maybe this is a popular thing and I'm, and I just, I haven't seen the f forks out there. But that's the direction to go. Look, after it's fucking brilliant how it's set up. It's great work that the team there, that, that team of volunteers are doing dynamite technical work. There's no question on that, in my opinion. Their political stances are nuts, but then for some weird reason. I mean, they're, they're not nuts. I get where they're coming from. OK, it's just it's misguided. It's extremely misguided. But for some strange reason they still allow you to circumvent their own political stances within the app itself. And I wonder about that. I wonder like what, you know, I always have this, um, there's an old sovereign tech saying, and it is a sovereign tech saying, no one else says this because everybody always says, follow the money. I say that's, I mean, there, you know, there's some usefulness to that, but I always say, no, 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 don't follow the money. Follow the attitude. Now there's a, there's a very ugly attitude here in not wanting to remain neutral, no doubt. However, the app ultimately is still neutral and they even were very particular in what they wrote saying that they're not allowing for it in their flagship repository. It was almost like someone was hinting at, Hey, yeah, it's not in our flagship repository, but you can still do it. You you, you could still get gab or whatever, you know, however you want to set this up on there. I mean, fuck, there's there's a part of me that almost wants to run my own F droid app repository, you know, <laughs> and then you'd have the, the sovereign tech, uh, you know, app repository or something. Right. And I could just, you know, put in, you know, what whatever varying apps. There's a part of me that almost wants to do that. But again, really, anybody can go make the free speech app repository. I mean, whatever, you know, like it's just it's it's odd to me in one sense. You know, and I even said this in the Telegram group when when I found out about this. I was like, oh, man, like I'm getting behind the mic to talk about this. And hell's coming with me, you know, because uh, I, I was just I was so pissed off because I've been so supportive. And I think that the F-Droid uh, app, you know, has been such a wonderful thing for so many years. um, And, you know, to, to, to potentially lose it. Fuck, you know, that sucks. But not unlike how, you know, you can use Fennec, right, which is. A web browser based off of Firefox, but it's not Mozilla's, you know, bullshit political stances, just like the Tor browser, you know, takes advantage of, uh, you know, Firefox as well, um, without, you know, you having to use Firefox, you could really do the same thing with f Um, you know, and anytime I don't see these solutions that I think of after about maybe, you know, five to 10 minutes or less, um, of thinking about it, Anytime that, that I, I don't see that being done by the, uh, <laughs> the oppressed, <laughs> like Gab, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I just really don't care about those people. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, um, and anytime I don't see that happening and it doesn't appear to have happened because again, this was two years ago. It's not like they haven't had time. Um, I, 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 you know, like there's the part of me that feels like, well, should you really be running a service like this? You know, how can, I mean, it, it, well, anyway, we could get into other thing, other occurrences with, with these kinds of apps. What was the parlor? Was that the other one? And then there was a the huge data leak and it kind of proves the point, right? Like you're crying about censorship. You won't take the actions that could actually make your app available to other people. Um, and, and I sweat, you know, because like, what, what technical know-how do you have? You know what I mean? What like what business do you have doing business in this space if you're not really willing to implement the simple solutions? It bothers the fuck out of me, and it gives me no confidence in what you're developing. And, you know, for example, can this be done right? Well, you know, Free Talk Live got banned off of social media in varying ways, right? Free Talk Live, a Sovereign Tech sponsor for full clarity. Um free talk live got banned and what did they do? They went and built their own social media. Now they, they didn't just, you know, uh, 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 say, okay, well let's, um, you know, let, let's go on this service or whatever, you know, and, and, and build and and build like a group there or something like that. They set up their own servers, the whole fucking thing. They did it right. They took the open source software that's available out there, right? They use element or they use matrix, right? And then element.io, whatever for the front end. Um, I mean, that's, that's one of the options, you know, and they they set all that up and they, they did exactly what I'm talking about here where they made their own shit. They rolled their own and didn't look back. Now that's the way to do it. That's putting your money where your mouth is. And that is a level of technical knowledge. Okay. That I can respect and put some confidence in damn skippy. That's how you do it. Now, could we get to a time in the future where it's not just like app repositories banning apps or whatever, but like full on operating systems or whatever, not allowing varying apps, things like this? You know, could, could we get to that stage? Yeah, maybe uh, that could happen down the line. And that's where, you know, I, I actually mentioned this earlier. That's where using something like Briar, which I've also championed since it was in beta. I mean I was like the first person to talk about it. I've brought it up many times. Why isn't Briar in like when when what was happening with WhatsApp and Telegram and everything else earlier in 2021, you know, around concerns around encrypted messaging and everything. Um I called it conspiratorial that why wasn't Briar being brought up in any of these conversations because it resolves um a lot of the censorship or all of almost all of the censorship issues that you could possibly think of. Okay. Especially since not even the telcos could censor you when you use Briar. So down the line, we do want to get back to something that I've, again, I've championed for many years, the whole store and forward model. Now you could say, well, that only scales so far. Yeah, that's true. Okay. But then that's the issue is that when things get to a certain scale, uh, you lose control. When something gets big enough, you absolutely lose control. And you, there's, it's a fundamental law of the universe, it seems. So don't try. Okay. (laughs) You know, you got your groups, whatever, get them set up and use something, you know, get get like Briar going where everything is on device and you're not reliant upon servers. You know, it's that serverless future I always talk about. You're not reliant upon servers and you're not reliant upon, um, you know, even like, like data transmission via telcos or Comcast or whoever, you know, as far as desktop goes for years, I've been a, a massive fan of RetroShare. you know, I talked about that forever, you know, and, and yeah, same problems as like Briar where boy, it's a fucking battery drain. If you're a laptop, you know, type, um, but like, it's an entire alternative internet and it's something that could actually run, uh, completely, you know, peer to peer, like, uh, you know, on, on a land or something. Which, yeah, I mean, hell, while we're dreaming, I can't wait for when LAN actually stands for laser area network instead of local. You know, and like you're using Li-Fi, right? <laughs> like that, that's the fucking dream. Okay, but we're not there. <laughs> and hopefully we will one day, but we're, we're, we're not there. Um, it's not science fiction, but we're just, the the tech isn't available in that way yet. But ultimately, we do have to get to a serverless future. Okay, that said, something like F-Droid with a lot of F-Droid functionality is still, I think, useful and could be a part of that, partly because what I talked about at the top, one of its best features was that you could, you know, share APKs locally. Great. Awesome. So, you know, if somebody needs to have this app to communicate or they need to install this wallet to be able to transact, as long as the person's right next to them and you could, you know, send the APK via Wi-Fi, direct or Bluetooth or something like that. Yes. Perfect. You know, and maybe the app could just cross-check the hash on it to you know to make sure that that it's like uh you know that it's the right version of the app and it's not you know a, a malicious version of it. So that that's a preview of the directions that we need to go. But to bring it back to the concerns around Fdroid, no, the the real solution here is not to stop using Fdroid. The real solution is, I mean, you could fork Fdroid and then stop using Fdroid if you want, or just create your own app repository that you can easily share. And it's really not hard um, to share or to set up like another app repository. It's it's a pain in the ass to set up your own server or an app repository that afterroid can accept. But for another user to take advantage of that app repository, it's not difficult to set that up in the app. It's really not. Um, you know, that's that's the solution here. OK, and I mean, you know, even like with the Freedom Phone, like, why didn't they do that? You, you know, because again, and, and and that that's that's part of my problem with a lot of these different projects, especially from like the more conservative end or even the free speech end is that they don't it doesn't seem like they actually want like their own, uh, you know, li- little little pirate havens or anything where they can have their free speech. What they want is to be able to talk to the dullards on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram or wherever else. And really, when you want to do that, you're not necessarily about you know, wanting to, to, to connect with like-minded people, or you're not really about spreading ideas. You're about wanting to like, you know, find some, some yokel to, 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 to leech money off of. That's what you're going for with that. And Hey, look, I'm speaking as somebody who is absolutely affected by this system, right? Like I got banned off of Twitter. All right. I'm, I'm not allowed to be on social media. <laughs> okay. By the system. So I'm in your boat that hopefully Lauren Southern didn't sink, but you get my point. But I'm not here saying, Oh shit, oh I, I can't believe it. Oh, this is terrifying I'm Twitter, blah blah blah. I just don't care and I roll forward, you know, and and I just count on that listeners, you know, if they want to share this, they'll get it out there however they can. Um, and that I make it available in varying other ways. You know, I just circumvent the system or don't care about it. I mean my email inbox is insane every day <laughs> i can't I, I literally can't keep track of it like it, it's that it's that full and i can even imagine that the emails that are going to come in <laughs> after this that are going to say oh yeah stallion set up your own app repository on f right oh boy <laughs> uh ironically maybe when sovereign tech makes a little more money <laughs> i could I could, I could consider that uh, because yes, that does take some work. But again, if this is your business, then like it was for Gab, why aren't you doing it? But regardless, I do want safe havens to exist where as long as your, whatever your fucking idea or app is, as long as it's not malicious code, okay, that it can sit there, you know, and let the uh, uh, court of opinion individually or public, you know, make its own decisions And just choose not to install because no one's forcing you there. And if they are fucking throw away that device or whatever, you know, like don't, don't bother with that shit. Like Google who forces apps on you. So there it is. We'll end the episode here. Um, Of course, if you have any questions, questions at SovereignTech.com. Feel free to join the Sovereign Tech Telegram group, uh, which I'm very thankful for the listeners bringing this to my attention there. Um, Just, you know, I mean, amazing conversations and people in there all the time. So do feel free to join Um, if the Telegram app app ever goes down um, or, you know, somehow Sovereign Tech gets banned from XYZ, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I I already have the alternatives in place. I have my own server. I I could absolutely send out this podcast through my own server. Um I could, you know, I could even send it out via BitTorrent. Um I have I could set up my own groups via my own server if I want to. Like I I have all of these things in place if somehow I get canceled more than I already have been, which has already been uh pretty significant. So again, we'll leave it here. More Sovereign Tech to come, and I will see all of you On the other side. Woo. Hey, is Sovereign Tech not enough for you? Well, let me tell you about something you'll never get enough of. No, no. I mean it. We're talking about a radio show and podcast that goes all night long, seven nights a week, three hours a night, 365 days a year, and has been going since the early aughts, baby. I am talking about none other. Than free talk live. It's the show you control. That's right. It's an open phones call-in show that is ready for you. And if you're worried that your voice isn't going to get heard, don't be. We are talking about the only libertarian radio show stateside. And not only that, it's also the number 26 talk show in the United States. Start listening now and go ahead and hit that massive back catalog at freetalklive.com. The golden stallion guarantees a good time. And you might even find some episodes with me on them when you do. That's freetalklive.com, and we thank them for sponsoring Sovereign Tech.